0: Nice to be Nation Wrestling. Welcome to the big episode number 50 of NWA Crack and Roll. Yes, this is your host, Sean Kidd, and a little bit of a different episode tonight. We do not have the full crew Uh, but what I would like to say is I would like to thank Dr. G, Colum, um, and Scott for carrying the last few episodes as they closed out uh May and then uh kind of went into, we did a, a rewatch year of going back, I believe it was 1984 that we did, so uh, really appreciate them holding over the last three episodes, why I've been kind of busy with life. However, I am back tonight, and like I said, Dr. G and Colm are not here tonight, because what we're going to talk about tonight required some in-person stuff, and my other co-host that is here with me tonight, uh, Mr. Scott Schifflett, was with me in what we're going to talk about tonight. Scott, how are you doing tonight?
1: Sean, I'm doing great. Most importantly, I am recovered after the weekend that we had um, at, at the start of the month, um, from what we're going to talk about here. And, um, you know, let's, let's, just, let's just dive right on in. Uh, Sean, explain explain to the listeners um, about this very, very special episode yes. of Crock and Roll.
0: Yeah, it's a very special episode. I thought it would be very good to be the number 50 since it timed up well. And full of transparency, by the time this comes out, most of you, it's been over a month since this trip. But Scott Shiflett and I uh, were both in Nashville um, initially for the SummerSlam, where we we're going to get together with a bunch of the other people from PTBN, and we, do, like, we went to WrestleMania together, so we plan to go to Nashville. But after we booked for SummerSlam, we got the special gift that we did not know was coming that we decided to go to, and that was Ric Flair's last match. So we are going to talk about tonight, Scott. We're going to cover kind of off you know the Nashville weekend, so there's a lot to cover there. So, you know, we had Friday, we had GCW. Saturday, we had SummerSlam. Uh, Sunday we had Ric Flair's last match. But in between all that, we also had StarCast. We had a lot of bars, a lot of drinking, a lot of things going on. So I thought it would be kind of cool to kind of just walk through everything and kind of share that with everybody tonight.
1: What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great idea because, you know, we we went to WrestleMania, full disclosure. We went to WrestleMania weekend as well. And I, I don't know if it's recency bias no, I think they're pretty even because I enjoyed WrestleMania a whole lot more than SummerSlam, and that weighs it a lot. But SummerSlam still was a hell of a weekend um, from the GC, like you said, the GCW show to StarCast and everything. But I, I can't wait to dive in. We're going to hit these days in order Friday through Sunday, and we're off and running.
0: Yeah, so again, I, we were both in Dallas. I enjoyed Dallas, but for me, I feel like Nashville. I re- We'll get to that at the end. I mean, You live in Nashville, so you can add some context to the this So that made it easy. You live there, which is great. Uh, But, yeah, so we're going to jump right into it. So, Schiff, you actually – I didn't get in until Friday. You met up with a bunch of the other guys on Thursday, but we'll start with Friday since I got in. So let's start with Friday. So Friday, um, I met up with all of you at some rooftop bar, and then we ended up – Tootsie's. Famous Tootsie's Bar and Grill. It's not some rooftop bar, Sean. It's a famous bar. Well, here's the thing with Tootsie's. The beer was ass. Um, I did not enjoy the beer, and the problem is – as Scott knows, I am a beer snob. I like my I like my craft beers, right? It's like the runny joke that I've turned into like kind of the snoot with this. However, uh, there was two D's that we went to. What was the one we went to after that? We two went D's. to um, first off. As,
1: if anyone here is a listener in Nashville, as um, who also lives in Nashville, you will fully agree with me that you hate going downtown. And that's how I was. I hate going down to Broadway. But since I had friends here and people are visiting, that's where they want to go. So that's why I was in Broadway. I just want to make sure that's on the record, Sean.
0: That was very cool of you. And you were a fantastic host and you led us through Broadway. So I got to give you mad props for that.
1: Yeah, yes. And um, actually, just a little bit, we actually saw some wrestlers uh, Thursday night when we were walking around, like uh, Champa passed me holding this kid. Of course, I'm not an asshole. And gonna interrupt him because the kid was crying norman smiley passed us and i'm pretty sure one of the creed brothers from um from the mxt tag team was there the tag team champs one of them passed but to be honest i really can't tell those two apart i know they look completely different but i don't know their names well i just know them as the creed brothers
0: yeah and, and dawson was staying at my hotel is that his name Dawkins? yeah and yeah, Dawkins Dawkins. from the three prophets was in our hotel which was kind of cool but um uh, I think JT actually got to meet him in an elevator in passing. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, so then we, we went to um, Tootsie's. I forget again the, the middle one where I made you drink a Jack and uh, a diet, and, because, and you didn't want one, but I made you drink one anyway because I'm an asshole. We <laughs> went. That,
1: that was um, Dirk's Bentley's bar. which okay. I,
0: I can't name off the top of my head right. right now, but it was his bar. What right. then? The last two places we went to were what I would like call the money shot. So we went to. Um, What's his name? The country singer, Blake Shelton, Blake Blake Shelton's old red bar where yes, go on. It was midday and we
1: basically like shut it down. It felt like, like that's where most of the drinking got done with, it was like 10 people in our crew. Um, You know, most of the personalities here on not only the no, so feed, but the um, place to be wrestling feed as well. Um, We had a lot of fun there. Um, we were there for a couple of hours.
0: and I think we were there for a good three hours. So we got in there. Uh, they had good food. We started drinking. Uh, we did some shots. Um, then um, there might have been a few British women that sat down with us as we were trying to get one of our members of the BTBN nation to hook up with women because he's not real good with women. And uh, he shit the bed. Right? I'm not going to name names, but he shit the bed, Chef. Yeah, he, he couldn't <laughs> seal the deal.
1: Um, it is what it is. Not everyone's a closer. You know, we've all been there. Um, after having a great time at Old Red, we're like, hey, we should probably go to Well, a we different- gotta
0: talk about the bands too though. Like the band was amazing and we all got and danced on the floor like it was just a good drunk time for everybody. I thought Old Red's was amazing. So go on.
1: Yeah, that. the band, um since Nashville, if you for all you listeners that don't know, Nashville, Music City, every bar has a different uh live music. It's totally spoiled me when i go to other places that have a lot of music i'm like this shit sucks because you know i'm expecting like somewhat decent music had some great music we we're listening you know they were doing the venmo gimmick where you venmo them twenty dollars and you request a song that's what i did obviously i had a couple of drinks in me because sober scotty have been like no way in hell am i paying twenty dollars just for a three-minute song but it was like a lap dance i paid 20 minutes for that three-minute song right there um it's just a great time we all had a good time all get together because like we you know we communicate on this podcast and everything but we've only seen each other in person like a handful of times at most with well you them, and I have only seen each other twice in person at this yeah point. twice yeah. and it's just both been great times um and it's just it it's like a family coming together basically um yeah and it, it's it's really awesome like we all had a great time like it I can't put into words like if you if there's an event coming up and you want to reach out to one of us to like, you know, get a beer or something, just hit us up on our socials. You know, we're all very inviting inviting with it. But um no, we had a good time with it. And then uh we went to Wannabe's, which is a karaoke bar. Amazing. And I'm sorry, Sean? That's an
0: ama- it's an it was an amazing bar.
1: Yeah, an amazing karaoke bar. And because we were like one of the few people in there, I think. Um, for every one other person that wasn't in our group that sang a song, we sang three songs apiece. Um I know there's uh, someone has a bunch of videos of us singing like all these different songs. We were there from about four thirty to about eight o'clock at night. That's uh, mm-hmm. my my wife Lynn came and met everyone because yep. she, you know she had to meet all the people that I'm like a podcast with and talk and talk to about. Um, we had a good time with that. Me and her actually dipped out and got food while everyone else went back to the uh, hotel to,
0: like... Yes, I dipped out to go shower and to sober up a little bit because we had a long night ahead of us. (laughs) (laughs) Little did did we all know, Sean, that, you know, I barely, like, we got, me and my wife got dinner
1: at Acme Feed and See, like, but we just got nachos because I was like, I don't want anything too heavy because, like Sean said, we have another show that, we have a legit wrestling show that night at 10.30. It was GCW, which... um. If you haven't been able to attend GCW live, if it's in your town, go do it. It's an amazing show. My only negative I have with it is that it started at ten thirty. The show almost went to two o'clock in the morning.
0: It was well, so yeah. So this here's the deal. So <clears throat> one of the things I love. This will be my second GCW show. I think yours too. Yes, yes that we've been to. Uh, and what I love about GCW is literally you're in it. Like you go in. And you buy these stand in room only tickets, but they have these random chairs where they have open seats, but they most of them are reserved. But you get these random three or four seats that are there. So what we do is we go grab the seats and we put them up in the front row. And we all stay in the front row. So the last two times, it's just like a really cool – like if you're a wrestling fan, GCW is so cool because you're like in it and you're in the action there. And the wrestlers are behind a curtain – and they all come out and watch. Like I, like for me, I got to meet one of my favorite wrestlers, Speedball, and I got a picture of Speedball, which is cool. But not only that, they g- get into it. Like there is, <laughs> <laughs> there, there is this one match where it's a very, it's, it's a great photo of they fight into the audience, and there's a lot of there's a lot of the PTBN guys in it. And one of them where one of them actually bled underneath one of the seats. The other one, for me, was a Joey Janela versus Psycho Clown match where they fought in my row. And they ran right by me, and there's this really great picture of me reacting to it. They just get into the thick of it, and you're in it, and you're in the front row, and you really like you're a part of the show. I mean, even to the point of where Conrad came out, and they did this whole thing with Nick Gage, which was freaking awesome. Like, I can't say enough about GCW. Like, I Like, I've become a fan, but I think I've become a fan because I feel like it's almost like the people's wrestling, where you really become a part of it. It's ridiculously freaking violent um so if you're old school and like violence you got that if you like lucha wrestling it's in that the lucha match and i'll talk about the other one at flair's show um uh, because the lucha stole the weekend this weekend but the lucha match there was freaking unbelievable but scott gcw is just amazing
1: yeah gcw is a lot of fun and sean it was actually me that took that picture ah um,
0: of me yeah. with uh, with me reacting to joey janela and uh yeah 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 it was yeah good.
1: And, and it was just by happenstance because um like i was taking a picture i was like like catty corner from you. And I was just taking a picture of what was going on because earlier in the night, um, speedball, Mike Bailey, who are, we are, we are big fans of, and, uh, who's actually Jambalaya Jake's best friend. He walked past us and I was so close to him. Sean was like, take a picture. Of him. I took a picture of him and it was horrible. And Sean called me a couple four letter words. And so like, this was like my revenge. I was like, I'll take a good picture of Janela. <laughs> and so show Sean, but sure enough, the Sean had <laughs> great facial expression Well, and it
0: was really, it was really funny because I see that picture and I look like I look so old in it. Like I look at, it, I'm like, I look like I'm 80 years old in that picture, which is freaking amazing. Like the whole freaking, like the the timing of that photo was pretty freaking amazing.
1: And and, and like you said, Sean, those matches were so much fun. Like just the whole thing was was like somehow we caught like a second wind as a group because I was looking around at us when like we all showed up there. And because um, we my were wife, all
0: hung over, we were like hung over and <laughs> we were it was we I was we were all in bad shape. We were tired. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I literally like I had my wife stop at the gas station just so I can grab a Red Bull to drink at nine o'clock at night. Just so I can be like, I hope I can make it to these next couple of hours. And we um, like everyone's standing in line like we're all like. People are just like sitting down, like their heads are on each other's shoulders. Just like I'm like, oh, my God, no one's going to make it. But they had food here at at GCW, which I'm shocked because I don't really remember them having it in Dallas. Pretzel. I had pretzel. (laughs) Yeah, we were able to get pretzels, like hot dog and everything. Got like a drink and we were revitalized. It helped that the matches were good for the most part. There was one match I didn't really like, which was, you know, I'm not throwing any shade. It might have been just because I was dying. It was the. I was uh, tired. It was the Masha Slamovich match versus Kevin Blackwood. Oh,
0: yeah, and that was so, like, it, all of us were like, oh, my God, where's the main event? Because the main event was Moxley versus Christian. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, that should be good. And what's funny about that match is I feel like he just, Blake just got, like, he got squashed that whole match. Like, I thought he might have a chance of winning, and Moxley just kind of destroyed, kicked his ass.
1: Yeah, Moxley beat his ass, and that was uh, my second favorite match of the night, and I, yep. I think I agree that our favorite match of the night was uh, the six-man tag team match, Holy which
0: was, shit. That was uh, nice.
1: Black Taurus, Gringo Loco, and Jack Cartwheel defeated ASF, Commander, and the Rado Kid. That match felt like it could have ended Commander, like Commander
0: has become my new favorite wrestler because at the Flair show, he pulled some crazy shit, too. I mean, yeah, Commander's yeah. awesome.
1: And, like, that was my first time seeing all of them. And, you know, you hear about in um, in matches in uh, South America, like in Mexico, and, um, like, they'll throw money into the ring when the match is so good. That's what happened at the end of this match. I had never seen anything like it before in my life, like, people throwing money in the ring for tips. And this was happening. And it was just amazing. And I, I, it was my match of the weekend. Until, until Sunday, yes. Which so, I yeah. go back and forth. What, what, what's that? But we're I'm sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves right now. Yes. But that yeah. that did not end until two o'clock in the morning. Well, Shh. we haven't talked about
0: the, one of the underrated favorite parts of that. So there is a, this, uh, <laughs> there, there's this big guy. Uh, we say he's about four hundred pounds, shift easily. Yes. So I mean, I'm a big guy too. So I'm not one to you know. But he's a big guy, and he's very immobile. And I was sitting on the front row. And he was sitting two rows behind me and I mean he had this very southern accent. So anytime so Alex Zane, uh Mick Wayne, anytime there was somebody somebody with the last A, he'd be like, Mick Wayne, or Alex Zane, and then every time and he was he got very annoying to the point. And every time new wrestlers would come out, he would get out of his seat, he would shuffle his big ass up to the front and push everybody aside. And literally, he would always have his ass right in my face, like every time. And he was very annoying. And not only that, though, like when the when the, when the uh, Mexican contingent would come out, he became,
1: I would very say, border,
0: borderline, yeah, insensitive. Where you know he'd say taco, guacamole, taco, like this, you know your typical like redneck. I don't know your redneck stigma of how you would treat someone from an international nature. When you uh, think of negative wrestling fans
1: connotation. <laughs> yeah. That yeah.
0: is what you're going to pop into your brain. And yeah. it's very upsetting that it was even like that. Um, but I did – but we did – but we, we had a lot of good fun making fun of him. Uh, yes. And, and we did it – like I would do it during the show. Like I would be like, well, I – and I would make sure he heard me. I don't know if he did, but it was funny because everybody was laughing their ass off. Um, And we continued to do that through the weekend with Roman Reigns. And we would do it with everybody, so it was great. But, yeah, he was annoying. Uh, there was another guy who was sitting down like literally right in the like walkway. And he would yell at everybody that would get in his way because he was pissed off and he shouldn't even have been sitting where he was at. So, yeah, definitely yeah. some old turds at the GCW
1: show. And um, another talk about is the three-way title match, which was uh, Los Masios, which is a sequel play in Medeo Estremo. I'm butchering names. When they defeated Bussy, which Alley Catch, which I became a fan that weekend for obvious reasons, and Effie. And the second gear crew, which Mance Warner, who had a hell of a weekend, and oh, Matthew yes. Justice. Yes. Which, if you've never seen Matthew Justice before, he looks
0: like the love child of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. It's the only way I can describe it. Yes. Um, so so GCW was great. So we all went home. So the reason why Schiff and I were getting agitated is because Schiff and I had an early morning the next morning. So we literally drank all day, went to GCW, got done around 2. I think I went to bed by 3. We had an early wake-up call because Schiff and I had to go to StarCast. And... The reason why we're going to StarCast is because Schiff and I had a photo op with the four horsemen. like, And so that was like the big thing for me and Scott is getting the photo with the horsemen. We were excited. It was great. And uh, so we get there. And first off, it's very disorganized. Uh, we wait in a line. Then we got told we got to go to wait in another line and get our bracelets and go back in the line for the horsemen. So we get in the line for the horsemen. First thing I see Schiff when we get inside the area where the horsemen are supposed to be, I see Nia Jax with a 0. 0.0 people waiting to meet her. <laughs> well, I'm not a big mm. Nia Jax fan, but I will say what she was doing
1: was they were doing that action figure the thing. The 3D, or, yeah, the 3D thing. it was yeah. $400 to have your action figure with Nia Jax. Absolutely fucking not. I mean, I say that as someone who spent $150 for a picture of the Horseman and no action figure. But just no. like. I look in my where I'm podcasting, yes, I have action figures, but I don't want to action figure myself. Like, you know, like and I don't want one of Nia Jax for four hundred dollars and they were doing it with Lita and Mojo Raw Riley that was there. But I do agree with you, Sean. With the um, it was totally unorganized. Like we would ask people, and they would be like, "I don't know what's going on." Yeah, and even when bothered. we were in
0: line, people were asking us, "Where do we go? Where do we go?" And I said, "I don't know. I don't know where we go."
1: And so. the 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 horsemen that we got to take a picture with, which to we, we, I just want to say which ones was Tully, Arn, Barry Wyndham, J.J. Dillon, Luger, and Flair. Yeah. The so only like, one
0: missing out of like the glory days would have been Oli. And then that would have been like the perfect cap off for me because that, that's like, my horseman right there. He's just a difficult son of a bitch. So well, that's why we love him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we get there and then Daniel Bryan's there, too. He's got a long ass line. So we get in line. Um, and I think the horseman, it was supposed to start at a certain time. Well, we kept waiting. We kept waiting. We kept waiting. We kept waiting. An hour into it. There's still no horseman and people are starting to get a little pissed off and irritated sean yeah well yeah i might have started cutting some loud promos about well you know flair's probably out fucking getting drunk and typical flair right yes so then all of a sudden we see david crockett going up to the set and david crockett wasn't even supposed to be a part of this so i'm thinking in my mind okay david crockett's gonna they're bringing in david crockett as a as a uh holdover well after about an hour and 15 minutes the horsemen arrive and so they're, they're there and we wait in line, and then they have these two separate lines. You have this line that is getting ahead of people with the bracelets they have on, they're not supposed to get. So the people in front of us, bitch, they get the line going. We finally get up to the horseman, probably an hour and a half into this. I'm pretty irritated because I'm tired. And literally, it's a whole 10 second thing. What pots me the most, and this is on brand, as I'm walking up, shift so you, as I'm walking up, I think you were behind me. I hear Flair go over to, whisper over to David how much are we getting paid for this? Or how much are people paying for this? And I started laughing to myself because you said it so loud, like you gave no fucks. Uh, The other thing I noticed is, and I hope I don't go to hell for this, uh, Lex Luger in his black jacket and gym pants literally looked like they pulled him out of a casket after reviewing. (laughs) But but anyway, we got our picture taken. It was a great picture, Uh, but literally it was like, you're there an hour and a half, you walk up, four seconds of picture, you're done. So and, he, uh, and it was a cool moment. Got to do the four horse, the four signals on the set. We had David Crockett in the photo. So for me, it was a moment I'll never forget, even though it lasted literally five seconds.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like I got to tell because uh, I, I stood beside Tully and um, I want to say, I think, yeah, uh, Tully and JJ. And I thanked them for everything and, you know, told them they were the best uh, faction ever. And like Tully was like, thanks, man. And like. You know, because I've done something like that with Flair before and like he's just like on on autopilot and, you know, I don't have a vagina, so he's not trying to fuck me. But, um, you know, it was nice. Like, you know, the thing about Luger, I'm just happy he's alive, especially after watching that A&E documentary. Well,
0: I'm not so sure he is. I think they were a weekend <laughs> at Bernie's in him.
1: <laughs> that might have been Magnum. But um, <laughs> no, that I like, like you said, Sean, it's a hell of a time. I'm I got to print out my picture. I'm, I think I'm going to put it in my office. I am, too. Of all this. Uh, Yeah, it's on the the to-do list. But we were not done at StarCast because uh, we had general mission for two days. So we decided we were going to walk around Yeah, so Saturday
0: we walked around. um, You know, there was only certain people there I wanted to meet on Saturday. um, I don't think we took pictures with anybody at StarCast on Saturday. No, you
1: did, Sean. How can you forget?
0: Uh, No, that was Sunday, wasn't it? Not when you took a
1: picture with your hero no it took it it was saturday with ronnie garvin
0: oh how dare i how dare you forget I fucking a so yeah so last minute they added ronnie garvin to this thing and everybody on this show knows i love me some ronnie garvin and um so basically it's cool that you know i go up there there's not a lot of people there but ronnie garvin he looks kind of the same he's a real short dude and I go up, I get his picture, he stands up, he shakes my hand, he goes, you got a firm fist. And I said, well, not as strong as yours. And he laughed at that. It was just a cool moment. Cause, and what I found out is, and what most people don't know, Ronnie Garvin is a certified pilot, but he doesn't do many of these conventions because he drives everywhere. And so it was cool to actually get to meet him and see him. I got to take the picture with the World Heavyweight title with him. Um, I probably held it in my hand as long as he did as champion, but it was still a cool moment. Um, and I'll have another funny Ronnie Garvin story when we get to Sunday that I'll share about shift, but yeah, yes. So I got to meet the horseman and I got to meet Ronnie Garvin, who arguably are probably my favorite Crockett memory because him and Wyndham as a tag team, we'll talk about on our show coming up, but getting to meet all my favorites in that one little morning, that's probably doesn't get much better for me than that as an old school wrestling fan.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome, like, getting to see Ronnie, and, like, you know, he still looks the same. Yes, his face is a little bit older. I mean, I'm not going to fuck with him. And thank goodness, Kashan was, you know, terrorizing me the whole week up that like he was going to offer Ronnie $50 for him to open face I thought about me.
0: It. I thought about it. But you know what was shocking about him? Like, he's so small. Like, I, I'm, like, double his height. Yeah, I, oh, I was yeah. really shocked. And
1: who we're about to get to, who I met, because I got to take a photo with my yes. – favorite tag team of all time the Steiner brothers and i'm only 5 foot 11 and i was taller than rick and scott cuz I, I have the photographic evidence to prove it and you know i um i got to take a picture with them they were both super nice i thanked them for everything i made rick laugh because i was like my favorite thing to do on youtube is go watch you beat the hell out of some jobbers and he just laughed at that they thanked me i thanked them for everything like i said they're my favorite tag team cuz they you were know, fucking pricey as shit, though. Yeah, they were pricey as shit. I no doubt about that. But um, I figured like who knows how long they'll be here, so I have a picture and an autograph. And they had different uh like pictures they could autograph, and I got them to autograph their like nineteen ninety 1990 or nineteen ninety one like WCW where they have the bar v- varsity Letterman jackets. And, and it's just it's just awesome. I need to get a I need to hang that up as well. But it was nice to see them. We saw, and we uh,
0: also and we saw Jarrett and we got to see uh Jarrett and Lethal cut a promo that That was Sunday. That was No, I think that was Saturday. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah. that was cool. But we'll get into Sunday in a little bit. But that day was really about you meeting the Steiners. We were trying to meet um I think Gargano and that fell through, right? Yeah, that that <laughs> fell through because I
1: I was able to pay the signers in cash and I got up there for Gargano and he they were like, Oh, you need to buy it on like online and it was already sold out. And like, they told me this after I waited in line for like 30 minutes, but I will say, I will give it to him. Like he had a pretty decent line, but he was spending like five minutes with everyone talking.
0: Yeah. He's so, a good dude. He seemed like a good dude. And then, uh, Candace and her purple hair was looking quite hotchy for fresh mom.
1: Yeah. Way. And so was Chelsea green. She was looking amazing. <laughs> as yeah, well. I'll
0: get into Chelsea too. And, and
1: yeah. we also, uh,
0: popped Matt card. Uh, Yo, yeah. You got, yeah. Let's talk about the Cardona pop. Cause we walked past Cardona um and I, you said so i forget what you said I but said, i yeah.
1: said i said the real nwa champion
0: and he said that's right and he, yeah, he said that's he, yes. in the middle of a picture he screams that's fucking right as we're yeah. walking by yeah that was great and, that was cool and then chelsea like okay so i haven't been real nice to chelsea I mean, i'm not going to say the comments i say in the chats about certain things but she was looking quite hotchy, like she was very, very hot and looking smoking good at Starcast for sure. Yeah, yeah, she was. I, I
1: agree. And as like as fun as Starcast is, it's also like kind of sad because like you walk by like some wrestlers
0: and there's no line. Okay, like, so let's talk like M, like Summer Rae, who yeah. who that nose on her face. I mean, it takes me out. Tamir Dashwood had nobody either, and she was kind of cunty because people said hello to her and she kind of blew them off. So I mean, there's others too. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. had no one. Oh, yeah, that was. Like, sad. He looked like
1: he'd rather be anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, he had um, nobody. Like, even, sad. even Smart Mark Sterling had people, and like, he had no one.
0: I mean, but, it's probably on brand. He is with the NWA, and I think they've only sold six seats to their pay per view that will have aired by the time people hear this. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, don't even get me
1: started on that with their great value, uh, Fantastics and great value, um,
0: it's a whole other whole yeah. subject. So,
1: But, uh, no, that StarCast was fun. Also, like, kind of sobering, like, that scene in The Wrestler where they're trying to sell, like, you know, Greg Valentine and him are trying to sell, like, these old-ass what about
0: What about Bully Ray? That was the one that popped me. Bully Ray had nobody at his table. Like, nobody. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, it makes me wonder. And he was under the StarCast banner, so it makes me wonder if, like, that's going to be the next Conrad ECW pod. In his
0: leather coat. Yeah. In his black leather coat in 90 Degrees. Yeah, it was it was extremely hot. Motherfucking Billy Ray. Oh, bully Ray. All right, so uh, we get to StarCast. Uh, the rest of the day, <clears throat> I think we all, I think you and I went back and took naps. Uh, then we met up um, with the group at, what was the name of the place we did our meetup before SummerSlam? It was the Corner Pub. Corner Pub, really cool place. They were playing wrestling music. Um, and that's one of the things we do on these trips is we always have a meetup place that we find. And this one was really, really good. The food was great. Uh, we drank again. They played the music. The service was great. The food was great. So, um, just bad shout out to the Corner girl. I think they did a really good job with us, Scott. Yeah, we we had a great time. We all we got some food in us because it was going to oh, be a long. And I made, made you do Jack. I made all my children, Jake, Logan, and you, all do Jacks with me. Yeah, there we as well,
1: more Jack Daniels.
0: Uh, was it a shot or it, was it an actual drink? No, I, we did a Jack and uh, Mellow Yellow. Yes, Jack yes. and Mel Jack- Yellow. Drink. And I like—I usually drink Jack and Mountain Dew. They didn't have it, so we did Jack and Mel Yellow, and I thought it was pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. And um, so we had those, and uh, then we made the walk because for those of you that don't know, uh, downtown Nashville, uh, Broadway—they have this thing called a pedestrian bridge, and you walk over the pedestrian bridge, and there's Nissan Stadium. So we did that walk, um, and then uh, we a long got ready- walk,
0: a long walk, very hot, uphill, um, uh, which. If uh, eight months ago, I probably would have died. But, you know, since I've been on this diet journey, um, it wasn't as hard. You know, what was the hardest part. was I didn't realize it was walking up all the fucking flights that you had to get up to to get to your seat at the uh, yes. stadium. That was brutal. Yeah, we, we were sitting in the 300s for
1: the stadium. It was hotter than shit out but there. But great seats.
0: We had really great seats. Yeah, right? like we, we better could better.
1: see straight down. Like, yeah. We were like center row of like the 300, and we could just look down and see like the, the match. Like, everything that happened.
0: Sean wasn't the biggest fan of SummerSlam. I enjoyed it. All right, let's start off. So here's the thing. So this is the first Vince-era pay-per-view. Now, I guess some people would say it's the first Vince-era. Probably what I would say, it's the first. Everything that was booked on the show was booked through Vince, so it was really Triple H managing events show, right? So to be fair, let's be fair here, because Hunter didn't really officially take over until the next night. Uh, but, yeah, you know... I didn't enjoy it. The first match was great. I was all pumped up because Bianca and then uh, Becky. And then then they had the returns. And, and, and I know the returns definitely had to do with Hunter. But you had Dakota. Um, you had Iro Shirai or whatever her name is. And then you had um, Bailey all come out. And the crowd went fucking nuts. Um, and then, unfortunately, Becky got injured. But you had Becky do that kind of that face turn. That first match was great. Um, that whole closing angle was great. And then from there for me, the show just went to fucking shit. I actually call this show Butt Slam. Uh, because the show was butt, and I know I use butt a lot in our secret chats. But I really hated SummerSlam. Like even up to like even like uh the Street Profits and the Usos, they always have bangers. Their their match sucked. Pat McAfee, Dallas underrated, great great theme song, great match um with uh Theory. Now he has this great value theme that totally felt like a fart in church when he came out. Totally took me out. And then fucking Farmer Ted uh, Brock Lesnar um, coming out on his tractor. Now, I will say what they did with the ring and lifting the ring and dumping people out, that was some badass shit. But ultimately, I, I don't know, man. I just thought SummerSlam was a big fat turd. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. But go ahead, Jeff. I know you liked it. So
1: Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Like, you didn't talk about the Logan Paul and Miz match, which was actually a lot of fun. Okay,
0: yeah, that match was okay.
1: Yeah, uh, Lashley def- destroying theory which as you yeah, know not to, not to I've talk about too current wrest too much current wrestling. Uh theory definitely has been de-emphasized since Triple H has taken over. Um the Mysterios match, you know, we saw the return of Edge, which we all saw coming because
0: they brought out like this big ass box for him to like love Yeah, him but that but over. that was it but that that for me was stupid because you knew it was coming. It didn't really do much for me at all. Period. But the worst match of the weekend was Liv Morgan
1: and Ronda Rousey.
0: Oh no! I uh, I have one that's close to it for me that I'll share from the the next show for flavor. Oh, sorry.
1: The worst match of the night because there are some bad
0: matches. over the it, Oh yeah, that that match was so incredibly bad and it kind of exposed Liv a little bit because everybody was happy for Liv when she won it. And it was very clear in that match. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. They were rolling around on the ring, grabbing each other, and it was that match was pure shit. It, it was a long four minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else on SummerSlam?
1: No, just, you know, it's it was uh, – I enjoyed it. Plus, I love, like, live wrestling and yeah. live wrestling in a well, stadium. Right. DCW
0: is... was a better show for me. I, I could DCW see that more than I did SummerSlam. I could see that. And, again, it's probably because of the – it was kind of, like, the feel of you're in it. I do enjoy big stadium shows, but – um, I enjoyed, actually, I enjoyed WrestleMania a lot more than I did SummerSlam as far as the event. So I know we're
1: about to get ahead to Sunday, but do you think that because we saw like they opened the show with the big surprise, I just expected the surprises to keep coming. Yeah. I so, think, they, I think they pre-ejaculated. Yeah. So I, I, I wonder if that was like a little bit of it as well.
0: It could have been because I was disappointed from that point on. Cause at that point you had that big surprise and you're waiting and waiting and waiting for the next one. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the only thing they could have done, and this is this is always what we did. We did this in Dallas, too. it's like, oh, The Rock's going to come out. The Rock's going to come out. If they had brought The Rock out, it probably would have made SummerSlam the best it could have been. Based, And I probably would have had a totally different opinion. But people, here's the reality. Do we really need Rock versus Roman? Is anybody really dying to see that? I mean, I'll watch it, and I'll be happy about it. But is anyone absolutely dying to see Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania this year?
1: Chip? I mean, a little bit. Okay. Because I, I want it, I want it, but also want to see Cody win the title, which is weird.
0: Yeah. I I would be more a fan of Cody versus again. We don't talk current day wrestling on here, but so then, uh, wait, so Schiff went home with his wife. We walked out, um, and it was me and Eric and, um, my buddy, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, come on, ship. Gotta laugh at that. killing uh,
1: kill me.
0: Anyway. Um, uh, Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry. Keith. Um, so we got an Uber. We got we, we were waiting for an Uber. It was taking forever. So his taxi pulls up. Hey, you guys need a ride? I'm like, yes. Holy shit, shift. It was the death ride that if you loved like freaking fast cars, uh, fast <laughs> and furious, that dude ran every red light, cut around every corner, hit almost every pedestrian, and probably made it from like five minutes from the stadium back to our hotel. And I feared for my life when I got out of it. It was exhilarating, yet the scariest fucking ride I've ever had in my life. He had no... He didn't give a shit. He ran every fucking light and hit – almost hit like 20 people. It was crazy.
1: That's, that's the way sometimes you have to do it, and it's funny. While you were having that ride, I was trying to get out of a um, parking garage where a guy was having a meltdown because he didn't know how to use the ticket, like the oh. ticketing system. Like he put the ticket in the wrong way, and it like he would like freak out, and like I'm – of course, it's the car like right in front of me as I'm trying to leave, and I'm seeing like smacking his car – so I'm like, all right, let me go check out. So I go, like, who's like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And the guy, like, you know, gives me, like, a smart-ass answer. I was like, I thought it was his credit card not working. I was like, dude, I will pay for you if you – just so you can leave. He gives me a smart-ass answer. So I turned around and say, all right, if you won't be an asshole. You can figure it out on your own. And just, like, turned around and, like, walked back to my car, like, and then talked – like, walked to another car and was like, the dude just can't figure it out. So then he had a call. um the, like, security to come help him. They get him out. Sean I go do my ticket. Immediately works. So it was all user error on this guy, and
0: he, like, was freaking out for, like, 15 minutes. Like, and, smacking his car I mean, and everything. In all honesty, that probably would be me, too, in that situation. How old was he? Was he an old guy? Uh, Yeah, and he had his kids in the car. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty odd, brand. Us old people don't like it when stuff doesn't work, and we get very, very angry.
1: But it's just funny, him smacking his car. Like, that just made me, gave me so much joy.
0: Yeah, I... <laughs> That's funny All right, so let's get to Sunday So most of the PTBN crew went home Saturday night So the only ones that were remaining Were me, you, Jambalaya Jake And my buddy Keith And so Uh, Well we got brunch Sunday morning with Logan Oh fuck how did I forget I'm so sorry So we were going to go to StarCast again uh, But before then Logan was departed in the morning So we went to brunch Um, By the way the other thing I didn't bring up about Nashville was uh, a lot of bachelorettes a lot of women yes a lot of drunk women um and so we were went to this breakfast place what was the name of that place for brunch we went to uh, Nashville Jam Company so anyway really cool place um kind of like i, I forget what i had it was some kind of uh, i think it was pork belly uh, biscuit or something. it was fantastic the food was amazing um it's outside you sit at picnic tables and you see all the hungover bachelorettes show up with their sunglasses on. That was quite fun. And uh, watching my two sons drink their chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's my
1: go-to all the time. Like, I straight up order chocolate milk, and I'm like, I don't care. It, I may be – you may think I'm eight, but I just want the chocolate milk, and, like, we had a nice brunch. say goodbye to Logan, and then um, I drove everyone to StarCast, and um, that's where Jake got to walk around StarCast and do some great people watching and um that's where you met uh, so two yeah, of your hero, your current day heroes
0: so i got to meet my past heroes so i got to meet two of my current day favorites um i got to take a, a picture with josh alexander who's the impact wrestling champion um and i got he let me hold his belt which was awesome and i also got to take a picture with my favorite female wrestler today uh diana prazzo so um that was very cool for me um you didn't take it you didn't take a picture with anybody that day right no, I didn't,
1: and I think you're forgetting one other person. You took a free oh, picture yeah, with. Oh, yeah. Well, i
0: will get into that. I was going to get into that. I was asking if you had anybody. So then. Oh, not that day. Uh, so then, uh, I went and took a free picture. I went, I went up to the table, and Baby Doll was there, and I got a picture with Baby Doll. Now, also, while we were there, uh, we actually met a couple guys that had that um had listened to our podcast before. So that was kind of cool too, because I had the NWA Crack and Roll shirt on at Starcast, so that was cool. So. Here's some highlights. So here's, here's a couple of highlights. So Schiff, Schiff had to go do number two. I believe it was number two, right, Schiff?
1: Yeah, my stomach had turned on me after, yeah,
0: after breakfast and chocolate After milk, breakfast, breakfast and a whole weekend of yeah. yeah. drinks and well, eating like shit. And a drink he wasn't done yet, by the way. So anyway, so Schiff goes to the bathroom, and lo and behold, not far behind Schiff, Ron Garvin goes in, and they're gone like a long time. Like, literally, I think he was in there for 10 minutes with you, and Jake and I are standing outside like, oh, you know, you know, Jake, oh, hands of stone. You know, he's, like, making jokes about you and the hands of stone in there. Uh, so you said you heard him talking in there while you were taking a shit shift. So what was Garvin talking about while he was taking a leak?
1: Yeah, some guy started talking to him while, he, while I was, like, taking a shit, and he's like, hey, Ronnie, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing good. He's like, you still got the same number? And he's like yeah I do and he's like alright I'll send it to you and I guess Ronnie has a flip phone because I hear it like flip up and he's <laughs> like Here, give me your number and I was like if this guy if Ronnie Garvin starts giving out his number I'm 100% going to start like putting it in my phone just to give to Sean because you're such a fan and sadly I think he just gave it to the guy but like I walk out of there and like they're like Ronnie Garvin's still in there taking a shit I was like yeah because like he's explaining like his cell phone reception he's like yeah I still love still up, up in the mountains, which, you know, I don't want to get on Ronnie Garvin's bad side. He's, You know, we've heard him threaten, like, to come and totally to Tully Blanchard and Rick Flair's house in the middle of the night and kill them. I'm not really trying to have him do that to me.
0: Yeah, so that was cool. And, and so then, right after that, uh, we see uh, Ricky Morton coming out after a hot tag taking a shit. So, um, and what was, seeing <laughs> slide crack me up and goes, oh, look at wrestlers trying to be normal people and we're making fun of them. <laughs> I thought that was great because you're like, Hey, look, Ricky Morton's taking a shit, and so is Ron Garvin. And Jake's like, yeah, normal people do that. (laughs) That kind of popped me a little bit. That was funny.
1: Yes, so uh, so I can say I've taken a shit with Ronnie Garvin and Ricky Morton. Correct, correct. The hot tag. Ricky Robert Gibson was not in the corner like that famous
0: story. Yeah, he made the comment, Ricky Morton made the hot tag to the shitter. That was the funny part. So anyway, so it was kind of cool. We saw other wrestlers, and it was cool. I mean, StarCast, it's a lot like WrestleCon if you've been to WrestleCon, but it's kind of like, Literally you could walk through Starcade and be done in like i mean, like Starcast would be done in like thirty minutes, right? It's literally like in and out. So Starcast was cool. Conrad did a good job putting all that all that together. Um and that was <laughs> nice. So then we go to um what was the place of uh we went to go drink beer? What was the name of that? Uh Bon Elrods, but before we get to that, I
1: also we spoke to uh Hal Haney who does does some art. Oh yes yeah, not yeah. Hal Haney. Um can't think of the name right now but i have a couple of his art pieces on my wall personally of the of like wrestling with comic book inspired yes Um, and we also spoke to one of the wrestling comics guys who i'm trying to
0: well they were cool and i bought a pretty cool picture a painting, almost drawing of the horseman at the Crockett desk, which was pretty badass too.
1: Yeah, that, they, they have so much like cool stuff, and like you're a big comic books fan, like you know, it's just not just like old wrestlers and yeah. current day wrestlers. Yeah. It's
0: also yeah. So basically, they take comic book covers and put wrestlers into their theme or shows based on famous comic covers, which was pretty freaking awesome.
1: Yes, the headlock. Um, let me get his official name. Anyone who reads the headlocked comic, uh, I actually had uh, Michael Kingston. We had like a 15 minute conversation with him. He, you know, I bought his first comic, which, you know, I'm sorry I haven't read yet. It's on the to read list. As Sean can attest, I have a bunch of comics to read. But no, it's just a lot of fun. I suggest you check it out. Um, All right. Be prepared to spend some money.
0: Yeah. So then we went to Van Elrod's.
1: Yeah, which was like a German bar. We uh, had a couple drinks. We ate again because we weren't fat shitting enough.
0: Oh, Obviously, pe- pepperoni pretzel and beer cheese. Holy yes. shit, it was
1: good. That's so Sean's cool. favorite. Is the beer cheese uh, pretzels, yes. um, and then we decided it was might have been time to start heading to Nashville Municipal Auditorium, which is where Flair's last match was, and this is also the where um, you know Steamboat and Flair had their match in 1989, where WCW used to run the StarCades, where Impact or uh, TNA Impact ran those shows before after Huntsville and before they went to the fairgrounds. So, you know, we got some pure some wrestling history there. It's also kind of a rundown auditorium, if we're gonna be completely honest. The new one now is Bridgestone. But you know, we get in line. Well we don't even wait in line because we go get we go do a shot at some restaurant at some bar.
0: Yeah, we, we so we go do a shot and I'm irritated at first because I'm like, oh we're parked so fucking far away. Um it's hot. We gotta get in line. So here's what happens. We go do the shot. Um, my buddy, uh, doesn't do shots and he was sipping his. So I think I got a little agitated at that. I think I even kind of called it out. I think I was kind of a dick about it. Wasn't I a dick about it? I think a little bit, Sean, just a little bit. Just, just, just time. Yeah. Yeah. Even. You know, Sean, Sean, is very impatient. What you'll learn about Sean is he loves everybody. But in the end, if he's irritated, you're going to feel his wrath. Yes. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, so anyway, we walked down, the, we walk down, Jake stays behind and does more drinks. And, if, uh, the rest of us walk over to the auditorium. Uh, and literally walk right in. We don't even go through the line. We just walk straight in. And I don't know how that happened. I have no I, idea. I told what you,
1: you just gotta act like you like you know where you're going. And we, I just walked. I said, just follow me, and we walked straight in. Got through the security metal detectors while there was this long ass
0: line out there. So I don't feel bad. <laughs> so anyway, we walk right in. Uh, we sat at ringside first, and then we decided to go into bleachers. And then we had a really, really good. Uh, we had a good seat. The seats were really jammed together, so uh we actually pulled them all to uh, pulled them all out and then we were more comfortable and um uh, yeah so we're in the seats and then uh it, the kind of the fun kind of began it's uh you know they came out they had the old set there they had some promo videos with um some favorite like cody and all these people wishing them well uh then jim crockett and by the way i have not watched it on fight yet so i have not watched the commentary yet scott i don't know if you have or not but i have not
1: absolutely not i yeah. figured like like with the SummerSlam and WrestleMania, I'll never watch those because I I was there live. like, and it's like one of those things I don't need to relive. It's weird, I know.
0: So anyway, so then uh we get uh, so we get some pre-matches on the show um and I gotta look it up uh and so talk a little bit. It was bit the earlier. it was the
1: bunkhouse battle royal. No, it was,
0: it was the Chinese guys from the dojo. Oh uh, yeah, started. Ren Ren Narita defeated Yu
1: Yu, Yuu Uh, we completely missed this match. Well, at least I did because I went and.
0: Needed more food. No, well, I was, I was, I, yeah, I, was I, I mean, I did watch the match. It was actually pretty good um, for a dojo kind of opening. You don't know who the guys are. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Watch me look back in yeah.
1: five years and like one of these, both of these guys are like the top stars in new Japan or
0: something. Well, it's it's like that wrestler. I call him take I don't even know who he is, but somehow he just showed up everywhere and now he's this big famous Japanese wrestler. And I have no idea where he came from. Yeah.
1: He's, he's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. So then you get the pre-show battle Royal which Bully Ray is in it, and he it's like you're all pissed off because you feel like, ah, oh, man, they're going to book fucking Bully Ray. Uh, oh, by the way, before that, we had uh, the uh, the Frank the Clown shit with uh, the Samoan Jacob, what's his name? Yeah, Jacob, Jacob Batu, Batu came out and beat his ass. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but then uh, Mance Warner uh, won the Backhouse Battle Royal because GCW invaded, and what they did at uh, the GCW show is uh, Nick Cage came out and cut a fucking awesome promo on a very weirdly dressed Conrad wearing some very ugly shoes um, and kind of promo said, we're going to take over and we're going to show up at the show. And then Conrad kind of salt back to the back, kind of sauntering like that guy that said Wayne, because he was about as big as that guy. Um, but, yeah, so that was kind of cool. And so when Mance Warner goes to accept the belt buckle and they're on on stage, would you like to say what happened for you? Because you had another really cool moment with Nick Cage.
1: Yes, so uh, as anyone who listens to GCW, you know MDK all fucking day. And they were walking up there, and I screamed out. It was like 30 feet away. I screamed out MDK and Nick Gage, who after that weekend, I would probably run through a wall for him because he's just so weirdly charismatic, especially after that promo with um, Conrad. Conrad. He screamed back at me all fucking day. Me, Jake, and Sean lost our minds with that happening as, like, there was, like, two couples in front of us doing, like, a double date, had no idea how we're all screaming MDK all fucking day like we're lunatics because they had no idea who GCW was because we kept screaming G.C. Dub.
0: Well, we were, <laughs> and, we kept, and we kept yelling, Nick fucking Gage, Nick fucking Gage, and we were going crazy. It was great. It was great. And then, yeah, so when he said, all oh, fucking day, a popped us, And then my buddy Keith was sitting at the end because he had no idea what just happened. So um, so that was pretty on brand because he didn't really know. He doesn't know GCW, right? He was at GCW with us. He enjoyed it, but he doesn't really know. Like, it's funny how quickly you pick up on GCW once you've been to two shows. It Really, you totally get into it. It's like a cold on um, so yes, those. It, it makes me feel like this is what ECW felt like in the midst. Yes, and I think that's why we're all latching on to it is because – you know, for me, I'm an old-school ECW guy, but this one, GCW, I, I get it. It's like the 2022 ECW. It really has that vibe. And Mance Warner beating uh, – eliminating Bully Ray popped the whole arena. I think Mance Warner might got one of the biggest pops of the whole freaking night, actually.
1: He really did. And it started the show off with, like,
0: great optimism for me like, personally. Like, hot. It was a hot opening in that battle royal with Mance Warner. And the fact that we had just seen him Friday night and he won it, <clears throat> I think that made it for you, me and Jake. And by the way, this whole time, Jake keeps going and getting jacks and keeps trying to fill me up with alcohol because – Um, when we went to Tampa a few years ago for Dallas, um, I might've been a big cause of, uh, one Jake, Jake, uh, having some issues because I filled him up with a lot of beer and a lot of alcohol. So he's trying to get me back. Unfortunately he failed because I could handle my alcohol. I don't know. It it sort of worked a little bit. Okay. I was having, it it might've made me have a good time and maybe had some shit takes on things I enjoyed way more than I should have if I were sober, by the way. All right. So our next match was the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves. Um, Not a terrible match. Not a great match. I, you know, the Wolves, to me, are kind of outdated, especially... I can't really give him to Eddie Edwards because he's kind of a shell of himself, and he's kind of looks like he's injected himself with some helium. Um, And the fact that he's going to be main eventing Bound for Glory against Josh Alexander, to me, is kind of a letdown, too. But I thought Davey looked really good, and Machine Guns always look good. So the match was okay. I didn't think... It, I mean, I'd probably give it maybe 2.75 to 3, but I think it could have been better.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it was also, like... Like this is gonna sound fucked up, but once the show started proper, everyone was just like,
0: "All right, let's just roll through
1: these matches. I want to see Flair possibly die."
0: Well, not me because I had some I wanted to see. So we'll continue on in that. Uh, then we had uh, <laughs> Killer Cross, who surprisingly showed up on Raw literally a week after this event. Yeah, SmackDown to, five days later. Yeah, SmackDown five days later, taking on Davy Boy Smith Jr., who was all alone at the Starcast table, and this match sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it was it was pretty bad. Um, a five minute match, but it felt like thirty.
1: Yeah, like they should have just been like two big hosses hitting each other with their man meat. But it, I I don't know. I've never
0: been a big Davy Boy Smith Jr. fan. Okay, and- in all fairness, he is one of the NWA World Tag Team Champions with uh, Douglas Williams, who is awesome. The Chaos Theory Suplex, you know that, right? Um, he's very old, but they are a pretty good tag team when they tag team together. Unfortunately, they're in the NWA and being the NWA world tag team champion today means a shit. Yes. <clears throat> so the next match was Jonathan Gresham against Alan angels. Uh, take a shit up. And-, and-, and of course me, you and uh, me, you and Jake were doing the wagging the whole time. I bet if, I bet if you actually went and listened to the commentary, watch the show live, I bet you could hear us. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but, uh, Jonathan Gresham, uh, Jonathan Gresham wins here, and what was, one thing I didn't mention about StarCast, we also saw Jordan Grace, who I didn't take my picture with, but we also saw Jonathan Gresham, and this was right after he had lost the Ring of Honor title, and I saw him talking to some fans about, you know, the rumor was he was going to quit wrestling and be wrestling for a while, and I actually heard him talking to some fans at StarCast, well, you know, I got to make some decisions, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, so I think that's legit, he was really telling them, you know, I really don't fucking know what I'm going to do at, it at this point.
1: Yeah, he seems like you know. I don't know him personally. I wonder if he just like lost his passion after you know well, Tony, everything that's been
0: T- going on. Tony Khan took a big fat shit on him. So yeah. Anyway, and he's and you know he's got a lot of heat. He had to quit. He quit Twitter because all the hype comments. So wrestling fans, don't be dicks. Just don't be dicks. It's okay to have fun and make fun, of but don't go on their Twitter and say you suck when you're short because he's actually a really fucking good wrestler. Also,
1: just not only wrestling fans, just don't be a dick. Like well. I'm a dick general. sometimes, and
0: sometimes it's justified. But not to <laughs> random people on Twitter. No, no, you don't be dicks to people on Twitter. That's just stupid. Anyway, moving on to next match. This one surprised me, and I wish they would kind of do something with this, because I feel like if they actually did something with this, maybe even the current NWA makes sense. It was so they they called him the four horsemen, which to me was a disgrace. Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn defeated the Rock and Roll Express, which they weren't. It was Ricky Morton and Carrie Morton with Robert Gibson. Keeping one eye on the action. <laughs> you see what I did there? He was keeping um, one eye on both sides of the ring. So Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson won, which I thought was actually a surprisingly good match and a surprisingly good showing from uh, Pillman and Brock Anderson. I actually, like if they actually formed a team and had Arn manage them, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean,
1: let's be honest. Like Brock is doing nothing in AEW. Pillman is going nowhere with the Varsity Blondes. They've already taken Julia Hart away from Yeah, him. so have
0: Pillman Just... turn on the fucking douche Have them join Brock and Arn and then have them form a team because they were actually pretty good in this match. And they they can be
1: a lower level. Yeah, they can be a lower level to mid and they got pretty good crowd heat and everything like I. I mean, I'm a Brian Pillman Jr. fan because I love his dad so much. So, like, you know, I'm sure if that's built in with me, I'm sure it's built in with other people as well.
0: Yeah. And so and honestly, uh, I thought Kerry Morton and Ricky Morton actually held up their end of the deal pretty good too. Ricky Morton, you know. So for me, that might have been an underrated kind of gem match for me, because I was surprised how good I thought it was.
1: I, I agree. and I, I was a little upset. I
0: thought I was going to get to see an orange spine buster, but, you know. Yeah, we got robbed of that. Uh, the next match for me <laughs> might have been the actual match of the whole fucking weekend, the Luchas. So it was uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Lareda Kid, and Black Tarouz. Um Ray Phoenix wins, but Jesus Christ, I was sitting next to Jake. I would actually gone out to take a leak, and I came back, and I actually stood in the aisle way to watch this match. These fucking guys just absolutely destroyed anything else that was on this show. They were freaking nuts. And the crowd, which, you
1: know, had basically been
0: like on and off, asleep and dead, woke
1: the fuck up for this match.
0: Yeah, um, it was – I I, I, would, I have to say the two best matches of the weekend were the two Lucha matches. There's no yeah. doubt about
1: it. So. And, you know, Bandito, Laredo Kid, and Torres was in these matches
0: – was in both matches. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So if you're going to watch any match, go find us. I'm sure it's on YouTube free. The next match, I was looking forward to this, and I was kind of disappointed. It was Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatou, and it should have been a really good banger match, but it ended in a no contest because Cardona jumped in uh, with Brian Myers, um, and then uh, we did get a nice little moment there with DDP and a diamond cutter on, uh, on Cardona. So that was kind of cool, but the ending sucked. The match was actually starting to pick up when it ended, so I was a little disappointed how quickly it just kind of fell flat for
1: me. Yeah, it it felt like we were (laughs) finally getting going, and then but but it makes sense from a political thing. You had like you know MLW,
0: you know even though they're barely above NWA, like they well they're actually getting ready to do a partnership. They actually have an MLW title match on the next NWA pay per view, so I think they're going to start working together.
1: Well, there you go. You know, two you know six and seven wrestling promotion in the United States combining to make. 6.5. 6.5. So there you go. Yep. So
0: then the next match was the Briscoes, who, you know, they're, you know, we like the Briscoes. We saw them in Dallas. Damn boys. Them boys were great. Unfortunately, they they were taking on the Von Erics, Marshall, and Ross. And this match was complete butt. Just fucking terrible. The Von Erics are awful. Awful. Yeah. It should have been a squash
1: and it went a whole lot longer than it was. But I will say, like, you know, I said it the actually problem.
0: was kind of a squash, but it was a bad match.
1: Really. Yeah. It, it, it was bad. And I know the Von Eriks are an MLW. So there you go. And I will say like the crowd, it was electric all night, but we were
0: about to hit its fever pitch. All right. So the oh, next, wait, match. Nope, I, not it's, this is a nope. letdown match. All right. So for me, this is probably my biggest disappointment of the whole entire weekend. So, you know, how I feel about my Deanna Parrazzo. Yes. She's my honey, Jordan Grace. I'm a fan of, I like Jordan Grace. Um, She's not on my train anymore for reasons I will not disclose on this show, but I like her. And Rachel Ellering, who's kind of like, what's the uh, peg that doesn't fit in the square? Rachel Ellerin. Um, This match sucked. Uh, there was a lot of botches. Um, just fucking, I was so upset with this match. Like, I feel like if it was just Jordan and Deanna, they might've been pulled off. But even Jordan and even Deanna, all of them were botching shit left and right. And this is probably the biggest disappointment in the match. I mean, this is nine minutes of just, Botchfest shit, Jeff. I was so unhappy with this match. I mean, it
1: didn't help that Ellerine like really fucked up her ankle thirty seconds into the match. Yeah. And then yeah. Diana and J- Jordan, which I'm not a wrestler, so when shit goes bad, I don't know, but they had deer in headlight look, and it it was um it was uh it was not looking good because I thought she legit broke her ankle and like I think she had like a high ankle sprain, which is someone who's had one of those. That fucking injury sucks.
0: But I would was, tell you, Rachel Ellering, when she was an impact, she was a botch queen there, too. I was never a big Rachel Ellering fan. so. But anyway, probably my big disappointment of the weekend. So now we go to the main event. All right, so here's the deal. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Jeff Jarrett had done a hell of a job. I mean, pretty much solo selling this show. Like, from the attack in the parking lot with Lethal to the ridiculous amount of blood that Flair spilled in that promo. To his entrance in this show, like I popped so big for his entrance in this, it was just really cool. Um, he came out to his old TNA music. He was fucking shouting with the fans and arguing with the fans on the way down. I don't care what anybody says about Jeff Jarrett, because we all agree Jeff Jarrett is shit overall. But you gotta admit he was all in on what he was doing with this on his way to the ring, and he fucking popped the crowd. And like, I don't think you can deny that Jeff Jarrett was over in Nashville. Scott. Oh, he, 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 he was he was way over.
1: He was way over in Nashville. He he was the babyface, in my opinion. If you watched the lead up to the match, which,
0: which I forgot to mention at Starcast, he had a huge long line, and I asked people what the line are for, and they go Jeff, they go Jeff Jarrett, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I walked away. <laughs> and then he screamed, "Ain't he great?" I said, "Ain't he great?" and I walked away. That was a dick. That was a dick move. So anyway, I think he. So anyway, I think I think you agree. His entrance was pretty freaking five star. Oh yeah, he was like fighting with people in the. One guy was like had to be like
1: physically restrained by security, which was Doug Dillinger. Which you know I probably could have oh, got around. I Doug forgot Dillinger. about
0: mentioning him. Doug Dillinger looked like he was Death on Wheels too, just standing there. It's like, hey, he's our security guard, but he really didn't do much because GCW got by him. He didn't really do anything. It was it was pretty bad. He was pretty bad. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, so then we get to on. And you know what's interesting? I feel like Andrade, who you know is Flair's son-in-law kind of got thrown into the stick because he was an afterthought in this whole thing. Like lethal and Jarrett, you know, they helped build everything in this. Andrade was just kind of there. And I felt kind of bad for him because
1: he was just there. Well, I will say like, this is, means no offense to Andrade, but it's the most
0: I've ever cared about him since that match was versus Gargano and uh, NXT. And he didn't really do much to make us care about him in this either. Um, so then Flair comes out. Flair comes out in his robe. And he's got the WCW world title on. And then he takes the robe off and he's wearing... Was it you? that you made the purple rain comment? Someone made a I, purple rain. Was it you? I think it was Jake. All right. So he's got this purple shirt on, obviously, to cover his body. And on the back, it says Nature Boy. And when he goes up to stand, he is right in front of us on the ring apron. And, I mean, the picture I took of him, he looks 90 years old. His hair is balding. He's got... His legs aren't even there anymore. It's mainly varicose veins with a foot. Um... He looked really old. Now, what I will say is, you go into this match thinking, okay, Flair's going to go in, and he's going to do Flair stuff. I honestly got to give Flair some credit. He did some stuff. Did he look great doing it all? No, but it's about what you expected. What I did not expect is, was this match to go to 27 minutes. I did expect Flair to bleed all over the place, which he did. Um, I did not expect him to fake a heart attack, which felt very stupid to do. And if you listen to Conrad's pod, oh, sorry. I got Raw on the background in... uh, when Trish just came on, by the way. Um, anyways, still looking good. Um, now I'm distracted. God damn it. No, anyway, so anyway, I'm going from Flair old man to Trish. So anyway, long story short, uh, he does Flair things. Uh, Undertaker comes out for this match and is watching the match. And he stays for the whole entire show. Uh, Jarrett actually uh, gets into a fight with Megan, Conrad's wife at ringside. Listen, I don't care what you say. The match is not great. I was reading some reviews. I saw one review give this match three and a half stars, and I laughed my ass off. For sheer pure entertainment value, for the fact that you had Bret Hart, Undertaker, Mick Foley at ringside, and at the end, which, poppy you find out he goes to a strip club and Ric Flair passes out like Elvis on the toilet. I mean, what more could have you wanted out of Flair last match, Jeff? What more could have we got?
1: I... <sighs> I mean, we were all expecting it. I mean, he didn't have to do the thing where he acted like he f- had a heart attack, I you know. But and it, by
0: the way, you also found out he passed out twice during the match as well.
1: Yeah, um, but you know, it was it was a hell of an experience to see live. I feel bad for the people that bought it on pay per view because it probably wasn't that like, great. But just the atmosphere, like the crowd was legit as it, well. I guess because it was like so such a small like like the auditorium's like kind of big, but it's like it's like mid size. So like seeing everyone lose their mind for him coming out, like he had them eating in the palm of their hand
0: like it was nineteen eighty six. Um yeah, Flair, nobody cared about Flair's age. He had people in the palm of their fucking hands. Yeah, like he, he had was, like yeah.
1: he did like a like Sean said, a crime promo at the end, which you know, Flair on brand, but it was uh it was just amazing. Uh I'm shocked that we didn't see David or Charlotte show up. Um I, I've read that Charlotte was in the back. I guess David was like, please just Keep me away
0: from wrestling. Well, I think I think from the WWE standpoint, they wouldn't let her appear. Undertaker can do what he wants because he's the Undertaker. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's funny is as of this recording recording this today, uh, we found out Jeff Jarrett got fired uh, from his position at WWE and they replaced him with Road Dogg, which kind of the, the real double J. J, which kind of cracks me up. It's like, oh, hey, you know what? We'll let you do the flair show, but we're not going to tell you we're going to fire you three four weeks later. It's
1: pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if that has to do with who's running the company now type deal, too.
0: I don't know, but here's, I mean, okay, so here's, so overall, great weekend. The Flair show was absolutely worth going to. There were some bad matches, but it was from a, just from a sheer, like, nostalgia thing. It was fantastic. Um, I was a little disappointed some of the other horsemen didn't show up. Like, Tully, Tully could still go. We saw him in a so, but, you know, I didn't expect to see Luger wheeled down, or I didn't expect to see Wyndham down there, but to your point, I was a little, I think they could have done more with the horseman aspect on the show, I thought. Um, Especially with Arn, maybe doing a spine buster. I thought, you know what? Why couldn't Arn come down and do a spine buster on Jay Lethal? Don't tell me that wouldn't have popped the fucking arena hard. It 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 really (laughs) would have. But then, like you go back, like
1: you hear these stories of how like Flair's not really tight with Arn and Tully anymore. So like they were just there to make a buck.
0: True. So again. You know, they were there to make a buck. But you know what? It would have really that probably would have capped it off for me if the horsemen were really more involved in that whole thing. Yeah.
1: if like Um, the the music hit and like, you know, Barry Tully and Aaron ran down or like wheelchair
0: down. Yeah. So, again, just from the weekend from Friday to Sunday, it was a hell of a run for me. um, You know, I know you weren't at the Tampa, Tampa, the first mania after or during COVID. That was an all timer for me. But I think if I would have to go all in on the big events I've gone to, because I've been in New York. Um, I've been to Orlando. If I were to go in on big events and how I felt about going to some big show, I think Nashville just for the sheer guardrail to guardrail experience for me, is probably one of my favorite. And plus to get to hang out with cool people. Like we give, we give each other shit. Um, And, you know, people say, oh, you're out like you're with your pod buddies, your online friends. No, they're good people to hang out with. I do consider them my friends. I absolutely have a great time with them doing pods and I have a great time with them when we're live and in person. So Nashville, definitely a five out of five experience for me. Shif.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, Like we've been communicating daily for almost three years now, so it's like, yeah, it's real friendship, and everyone had a great time. Like, there's no like, you know, petty drama or anything. It's just like, oh, everyone got super drunk. That's all it is, and we somehow rallied.
0: Yes. So that updates our um that updates our weekend. Um, you know, we just want to give you an overview. We thought that'd be a good way to do episode fifty. Uh, to kind of bridge a gap a little bit. Um, something different instead of doing a normal watch. So, Shift, thanks for joining me on this little excursion. So, in two weeks, when we come back, we're going to do a little bit of restructuring. So, we had started doing these, like, uh of ears and going back and watching old matches. We're going to stop doing that because we're going to jump right back in and we're just going to stick to our uh, timeline starting after this episode. And we're probably going to do some stuff different. Like, I'm probably going to scale back a little bit of the watches in terms of what we watch. But what I'll do is, at the beginning of each pod, I'll kind of run down other things that happened that we don't necessarily need to talk about, or maybe promos we don't need to talk about. Like one of the things is you always get a Ric Flair promo. You always get the dusty promo. Eventually they all kind of run into each other. So for me, I was like, you know what, let's pick out the really good ones. Um, Let's pick out the matches. We'll still watch matches, um, but really kind of streamline a little bit to kind of make it an easier watch. So we don't get into those situations where we have four parts in May or six parts in April. So we can maybe keep, you know, months down to one or two episodes. And that way we can get through the, our watch quicker. What do you think about that ship?
1: I think it's a good hmm. idea and it'll probably be easier for everyone to listen to as well. I know yes. it will be easier to uh, record for, for, it'll be for easier, to ta- it'll
0: easier to take notes too. Cause the notes on these, I mean, just disclosure, the notes on this show kill me. Um, because a lot happens. It's like, you want to make sure you cover everything, but there are bullet points that you could just touch on and say, Hey, this happened, this happened, this happened. Um, just to keep people to know of it happened without really having to go into that level of detail. Like, if you think about the big feuds like Flair, the Horsemen, TA, Nikita, the I mean those are going to be the Midnight Express. Those are the ones we're going to really focus on and <clears throat> maybe you won't have to hear so many much Wahoo or Jimmy Valiant. Like I think I did some watches ahead of time and I think I scaled back to Wahoo and Valiant quite a bit because you know, what do they do? They cut really bad promos and their feuds don't really change. So, you know, that's kind and of our breaking column. And our breaking column. So so here's what we got. So we're going to do June part one. So our next episode, we're going to do June uh, through June 14th. Um, June will be two parts. Um, and just a peek under the tent. So what one of the things we do get, we get a uh, Magnum TA and Bob Geigel segment, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, we get uh, the first look at Flair interacting with Wenlex Luger in Florida. So you get a sneak peek of that because that'll be our main event when we get to the next Battle of the Belts in September. It'll be Flair versus Luger. So they kind of plant the seeds here. Uh, we get the debut of The Warlord Shift. Did you know The Warlord was in, WC, in the NWA 86? I uh, can't say I did. Well, he was on Powers of Pain, right? Yeah. There's that and, later. Yes, and by the way, he's managed by Baby Doll. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Um, and then we'll have a territory spotlight from Japan. So uh, we'll jump right into June. It'll be two parts, and uh, I'm hoping we'll have the whole gang back together for the June watch. Um, I'm not 100% sure because... You know, Just like me, I missed the last three episodes. A lot of us got things going on and traveling and work. So we're going to do our best to keep the group together. If we can't, we'll go back to a group of three um, and we'll just go from there. It's kind of hard because when we started this podcast, one, I never thought we'd be at episode 50. But we also were in COVID times that we had the time to do these recordings and then real life starts and you get back to work in normalcy. So trying to schedule this stuff hasn't exactly been the easiest.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, just with like, you know, life coming back to normal, like you having, like, you know, jobs, like people get promotions and, you know, just life happens. So thank you all for listening. You know, I joined halfway through, but I was a listener from, from day one with it, with like, I think the first podcast was like four and a half hours and yeah. it took me a little bit, but I, I knocked it out and then they switched to like the, the the um twice a month one and then I joined the team and it's been a hell of a run. I can't wait to see what happens next.
0: Yeah, so. With that, Schiff, anything you would like to plug before we go?
1: No, just check out all the pods on we'll NOSO, uh, the pop feed, and the wrestling feed. And that can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Schifflett.
0: All right, so I am going to plug um, a couple things, um, but number one with a silver bullet. So we have a brand new pod <clears throat> that Schiff is on me with, and I know I just talked about You know, I've left all these different pods. But here's, here's something that I have been wanting to do for a long, long time. And I'm doing it with Schiff. I'm doing it with Logan Crossland. And I'm doing it with Matt Souza. And it's called Seven Months of Danger. And I've always been fascinated by the time frame of the Dangerous Alliance and how short their run is. It's literally seven seven months. So it's called Seven Months of Danger. It's on the NoSo feed. And we chronologically go. It's a 20-episode miniseries. So it's got an end date. Um, it's on twice a month on So, every other Sunday. Um, and we're going to walk through the Dangerous Alliance. So the first episode, by the time you hear this, um I believe episode two would have dropped um so the first one we looked at Halloween havoc, which is a lot of fun uh episode two maybe not as great on the journey to get there and um, we're actually recording episode three and four uh this week as of this recording so um I would say we got some great feedback from the first uh the first uh episode that aired shift people loved it. Um, a couple of the wrestlers kind of liked it uh, Bobby uh, who was it uh, somebody responded I don't remember oh Missy Hyatt responded to something that we tweeted uh, but a really good fun listening it seems like it's got some audience there and the fact that it has a twenty episode run, most episodes will be between an hour and ninety minutes that shows' a lot of fun to do and easy to do so and the fact that it has an end game makes it even better for me because again, it's only gonna be twenty episodes. so any <laughs> thoughts on seven months of danger it's it's
1: been a lot of fun like episode two was a little rough from a wrestling aspect but we made up for it with our entertainment i believe but episode uh four uh we're covering clash of champions 17 which yeah has, so that's really where it, that's the really best tag
0: one out. of the best tag matches i've ever seen now, by the way yeah you tweeted that out i think you tweeted it out and dustin Rhodes actually gave you a like a like loved your post about it yep gave me a like yeah so and it is so you know what here's the other great thing about this pod and it, again it kind of you know, I like WCW, so the fact that I get to do this and the fact that we do that one, <clears throat> you also get to see the not so good of '92 WCW. So yes, you get the Dangerous Alliance, but you also get the Patriots, you also get PN News, get PN News. Uh, you get Tom Zink, you get 1992 Freebird. So it's not a, so we will only cover things that the Dangerous Alliance involved in, but a lot of stuff they're involved in, and also have some of the pain of 92 in it, which I think has been a kind of a cool discovery as well. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, we're, we're seeing the good and we're definitely seeing the bad looking at you, firebreaker chip, uh, chip, the firebreaker. Yes. <laughs> and I uh, also listened to learn that Logan Crossland was not a big Medusa fan, which I think was my first episode self-discovery of shock that he was not a Medusa fan. That was interesting. I thought so everything like very upsetting. So, all right. So, and then the other thing is the other main pod, um, four hours a mark um, where I go back and watch matches prior to my wrestling fandom so um those are the, the i miss and those two are my main ones um I will be dropping in on highway to the impact zone that should have aired by the time you hear this um so at least I will have made my what it's probably like once a quarter appearance on that so um, I'd love to be on it more often but I try to jump on these pods the best I can um YouTube roulette which is also a favorite I've missed too so Um, unfortunately for those pods, I think it'll be a timing thing. And when I could drop in, I certainly not going to be a regular. It's probably like special guest star at this point, like Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. Yes. Special guest star, Heather Locklear, special Special guest star, Sean. Sean That's right. Anyway, shifts. So thanks for joining me. I enjoyed Nashville. Um, we might have another show that we're going to here, uh, in the next few months. So we'll see if that pans out, but, um, Definitely was a fun time. I love these wrestling weekends. I think we should do more recaps because one of the things I discovered is <clears throat> we go on these trips, but not many people recap. Um, it's kind of like stayed in. The only reason why we probably did this show is because one we're in episode 50 and two, you know, it was flair. So, anyway, yeah. great time. Um, go out of your way to kind of check out some of the stuff. I mean, I did watch some of the panels um, as well. The horseman panel I watched. You're not going to hear anything you haven't heard already, and that's the thing about Starcast. If you go, if you get the panels, chances are you've heard the stories a hundred times. You just get to watch them talk about it. So, will we do another Starcast again? I don't know. Um, another interesting note, though, Schiff. Before we go, is that Conrad did copyright Southwest Championship Wrestling, which I don't totally know. Blanchard. I mean, we got it. we got, we got possibly not announced yet, Royal Rumble coming to San Antonio. Do you think Comrade's going to pull another one out of his sleeve and have something going on that weekend?
1: I think so. I think he's addicted to it now, because they sort of ran out of StarCast stuff with um, the AEW,
0: but if they're able to do this, then I think it'll be... Do you think anybody would be interested in a Tully Blanchard last match? No. See, that's what I'm saying, so I'm curious what he pulls out of his hat this time, because, I mean... Who's Southwest Championship Wrestling? I mean, I mean, I could go back and you know, there's stuff Mills Mascaras is in there, um, Andy Fernandez is in there, so, but all the wrestlers, I just don't. Tony Blanchard is the only one in that that I could think would probably go at this point. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I still think we should have Jimmy Vali- Jimmy Valiant's last match. I'd probably go to just for the sheer disgustiness of it. <laughs> Jimmy Valiant. That. Like, well, listen, what does he really got to do? He's got to turn around and smack his hands a little bit, and maybe drop an elbow. I mean, really, what does he have to do? That that's also very true. <laughs> and call everybody daddy, brother, Paul Jones. You know, coming after Paul Jones. Yeah, just go out there and maybe he'll attack Nick Wayne, and then we can have Valiant versus Wayne. Anyway, so anyway, guys, we will see you on episode number fifty-one in two weeks, and we will start June part one uh, of nineteen eighty-six, and we will see you then. Covered, but no, no, ref. no, ref. God, David. He's got the guitar. Told he, he wasn't going to try uh, yeah, that song. Absolutely. When he came to the ring with it, you knew damn well what was going on. Oh, yes. He wants Jay Lethal to pick up Flair, and he is going to end this for good. The 16-time world champion. In his last match, it cannot end this way, folks, please. No, no. Come on, Tony. The greatest of all time. Do something. Andrade. Andrade, Andrade is down. Son-in-law, together! Come on. come on, come on, Rick! Come on! Come on. Helping their father-in-law. Second up, let's go, let's go. Those bricks came <laughs> from God, Rick! Come on! Oh God! Come on, come on, Rick! Come on, Rick! Okay, Rick is up. Family, as they say, blood yeah. is thicker. You know what? Boom! Oh! But no referee! The dirtiest player in the game! Andrade is trying to get Mike Gun Chioda. is down. I need another ref! Come on, come on! Well, hell, let's get somebody out oh, there. Get a referee! Come on! Don't stand there! It's Dave! It's Super Dave! All right, Dave, come on! Dave Miller! The finger
1: Ladies and gentlemen, your winners on Tri- the-